1: Morelli for FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer.
0: Manatee High School football is a force of nature. Now it's time to feel the power during Hurricane Hotline. Live from Joey D's restaurant, 6401 Manatee Avenue West in Bradenton. Hosted by Danny Carter and Coach Yousef Shakur. Phone lines are open at 877-969-8600. And now... Danny Carter. Well, good evening and welcome to Hurricane
2: Hotline. And if you haven't been able to figure it out so far, my name is Joe Weaver. I am not Danny Carter. Danny Carter is uh, enjoying some well-deserved time off. And furthermore, we are not coming to you from Joey D's. Joey, It's a great place to go, a wonderful place to uh, go get a meal anytime, but we're not there tonight. Tonight, we are coming to you from the field of GT Bray Park where the Manatee Wildcats play football and this is the Manatee Wildcats annual pep rally that they do and it's a beautiful day out here. There's a whole bunch of folks uh, young and old, uh, children of all ages for the most part that are here uh, having a good time, kind of celebrating uh, football, celebrating the season that is being had by uh, all levels. And with all of the festivities and kind of all the happiness, it uh, it does uh, kind of underlie a, a general sense of disappointment that's being felt here, kind of in the booth for all of us that are here. I'm joined, by the way, by Chad Choate, who is our regular sideline reporter for Manatee Hurricanes football, along with Gene Brown. Who is the play-by-play, or I'm sorry, the color commentary coordinator, along with Danny Carter, who again is enjoying some time off? And I wanted to dispel a rumor right now, even though I may be the one that's beginning to spread it, that Danny is not off because of the game on Friday. This was pre-planned; all of this was done in advance, uh, so he did not decide to duck out because of the uh, the the disappointment that happened on Friday night. And we're going to get right into that. Uh, Friday night, the uh, Hurricanes had a chance, a, a, a big game at home at uh, Hawkins Stadium at Joe Field against the Riverview, the Sarasota uh, Riverview team, and the Rams had defeated Manatee the previous two years. This year, very strong showing uh, for the Hurricanes to this point in the year. They had come into the game at 4-0 in the district. A win on Friday night would have all but guaranteed a district title, and for all intents and purposes, the game on Friday night was for the district title. And unfortunately, the good guys unable to come away with the W as they fall to the Rams by a final of 24-13. to The game was, uh, I mean, it was a hard-fought game. It was a game that I think was uh, can be defined by a series of uh, kind of runs by both teams, particularly in the second quarter. That's really kind of when the distance was made between uh, the two clubs, the uh I think that there's probably something to say about the preparation going into the game by Riverview in the sense that the week prior, they had a pretty big letdown game against Newsom, a team that we had our way with, uh, really uh, not not close at all. And they proceeded to go up there and put 51 on Riverview the week before we played. And I think that possibly there could have been a little bit of looking ahead uh, in that game. Uh, And so when they came to play us, they had, uh, you know, a, a, an absolute laser-like focus on, on the game plan coming into it against us. And they really uh, came out and performed, executed their game plan well. Uh, big running back, Ali Boyce, had a huge game. Their quarterback, Sean White, was about as efficient and on point as he has been at any point during the season. You combine that with um, a, a, really a series of, of bad luck uh, plays, both plays that were made, not made, and... And, and while not uh, complaining about the officiating that happened in the game, just some unfortunate turns of, uh, of the whistle that went against us a couple of, uh, in, in a couple of instances. And when you have two teams that are both pretty good, and these are the two teams that have played for the district the last uh, several years, uh, it doesn't really take a whole lot for a, uh, a game to turn. And when you have a couple of things, and we're going to get into all of them as we go along here, uh, that's what leads to the final score. And it wasn't a, a, a blow-up by any stretch of the imagination, 24-13, to 13 in a game that really we had opportunities to come back in. But uh, Gene Brown bringing you into this, uh a, a, a letdown, but certainly there's a lot to um, be happy with this team. It just wasn't it just wasn't time for it this year,
3: right? And you look at the young team that we have. You know, we talk about all year the youth movement, and you know, we're saying now at this time of the year they've got to be a little bit more mature. They're not freshmen anymore. They're the ones that are playing in the H up class. Has kind of moved up, and I do a lot of times with kids, younger teams. You know, they look at the what happened the week before, and you know, coach said early on that. We compare a lot of teams to Lakeland because Lakeland is such that level. Well, they're not as good as Lakeland, and we competed with Lakeland, and sometimes that happens. But I think we just came in a little flat and had the opportunity to come to us. And, and again, I said several times, if you had told me that we give up 24, I say we win 38-24. We don't yeah. lose the game. And,
2: and, and add it, to that it, that was only three points in the entire second half. by right, So, so defense.
3: the adjustments on defense helped, and we also got into – offensive position several times to score touchdowns, and it just didn't work out our way.
2: Mm-hmm. Chad Choate, uh, we're, to me it, it, it appeared that not, I mean, it, it's, it's fair to say that there was a flat coming out, but I think it, it, there was a lot of nerves in that game. I think that particularly on our side of the ball, uh, there was a,
4: a lot of pent-up energy, yeah. and
2: maybe that played into to some of the the things that didn't go our way early sure, on. Sure,
4: so, yeah, you know, well, One, I think, I mean, you've already kind of mentioned it, that that was for the district championship, and there's no question about that. And unfortunately for us, you know, being a younger team, and not only, you know, even our starting quarterback, Anthony Squattery is a senior, but he has not been in a position like this before in his career. So to know that this is kind of, you know, all all in on this one game, and I definitely think nerves could have to play. I agree with what you said in the opening. I think, too, that Riverview, you know, was the the dog in the corner. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Manatee, and I think that they used that to their advantage. Um, I can guarantee you that that coaching staff brought up Newsome quite a bit during the week of, of preparation for us. Um, I can guarantee you that they, they used that as an advantage and saying, that, look, Manatee doesn't think – you can win, you know. Um, they brought Todd Johnson. That's the first time I know that Todd Johnson's been back on this on the sideline since he left. Um, as far as I know, so Todd was there, I think, to add some extra pep. And, and the last time he was on the sideline at Mantee, he beat us. Um, but yeah, I, I, the starting flat, you know, you go back to the Newsom game with Riverview, Review goes down 30 to nothing from three turnovers and Newsom scoring, and um. You know, quickly like that, we you flipped it with us. They went up quick on us in the first half. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I think we still got a chance. But you know, you look at what I loved about the team is we did, didn't give up. We came out in the second half. We played much better defensively, coming out and holding the three points. Um, that's a, that's a good thing. That shows the character of the of the team.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, the the going into the halftime, uh, even before the end of the first half, uh, we end up going down. Uh, Twenty-one to three, and really, you know, uh, just a series of of unfortunate occurrences. You know, they they had they came out, they scored quickly. Um, you know, and, and it was really kind of both teams. You know, you mentioned the nerves. Both teams had had kind of those nerves at the beginning. There was a big third down play where White hit the tight end over the middle, drop pass. We get the ball yeah. back, but then uh, we had unfortunately. Uh, a, a a a real big problem with uh, handoff and, and and pitches not getting to uh, Kyrie Jones in, in particular a couple of times and, and not you know to lay blame on anybody it just wasn't there the execution wasn't there and that again when you have a game where you have two teams that are of this caliber that are this closely uh, you know you know kind of uh, aligned. It doesn't take all that much for it right. to go in one direction or the other. They then go down after we missed a couple of opportunities. Uh, actually, though, before we missed the opportunities, and, and there were, I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't all bad. There were certainly a lot of good things to look at in this game. After they went up 7 nothing, we then drive down the field, and the uh, probably the best thing that happened in the first half, you know, in high school, a, a kicker is you know, is usually an afterthought in many ways. Sure. And you don't usually expect a guy to go out there and kick a, a, a long field goal. By long field goal in high school, you're really talking, you know, anything past 30 yards is pretty long. <laughs> well, Axel LaFro, our kicker, uh, who's having a great year, ha- it lined up for a 48 yard 48-yarder 48 in high school. And this is the way it sounds, the call from Danny Carter, as he lined up and knocked it through. Here's a snap.
1: The hold is down. The kick is up. He's got plenty of leg, and it is good. good. Whoa. Wow.
3: That would have been good from 58. Wow.
2: 48-yard field goal, Alex LaFro, and it was beautiful. Now, Danny, of course, was you know he, he was do, he was doing that for good luck purposes. He really meant Axel Lafro, um, but uh, but you know that that this this is uh, uh, what we call Gene Brown a segue in the radio biz because we mentioned that field goal because it was the perfect segue to bring in the special teams coach of the Hurricanes, Coach Dennis Stollard. Coach, uh, thank you for being on Hurricane Hotline with us. Glad to be here. It's good to have you. Um, tough loss, certainly um, one that, uh, that that we're going to have to think about for a while. But um, there were certainly some positives in the game as well.
5: Well, I I think going into the ball game, you don't. We are young, and I know we keep saying that over and over and over. And our kids are really not freshmen and sophomores by the time you get to game eight. But we just didn't know how they would respond. This was a big moment. This is probably the biggest moment, the biggest game our kid, because they understood that what rested on this. This was a home playoff game. This was a district championship. And sometimes sometimes moments are a little bit big for, for young kids. And seven or eight plays usually in a ball game are going to determine the difference. And we had our opportunities, and we didn't make those seven or eight plays when we got down there. And it, again, two good teams meet. They won the turnover battle. I think they, they took two, and, and we had none. And usually in a game like that, that's going to spell the difference.
2: Yep. They uh... – and and a couple of things again, you know, not 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 to complain about it, but you know, a a, pa- a a holding penalty, a pass interference penalty down by the end that gave them kind of a short position to get in. Uh, we had a guy called down that looked like he had a long kickoff that, that uh, maybe about twenty six yards of field position that was there. Uh, and then you know, mentioned the the uh, the fumbles. We didn't lose all of them, but every time that we missed one, we lost a lot of uh, field position. But I think that you make a really good point here. This is a young team. Uh, it, this is kind of the biggest moment of this young team's career. But I think it does kind of bode well for the future that the next time one of these circumstances come around, they will have this game to fall back on for experience and kind of learn from the letdown that this one was.
5: Well, we hope that opportunity for them comes in a couple of weeks. Certainly. When we go down to Venice. Certainly. Yeah, because well, the season's not over. I'm anxious to see how our kids do respond when they go down and play, you know, an excellent football team, a physical football team in Venice and see if we can come out with a little more enthusiasm, a little more juice, and be be a little bit more composed, I guess you could say.
2: Sure. Sure. And, and I, you know, again, it's it is worth noting as Chad pointed out, we go down twenty-one to three, uh, and at, at every level of football, we have all seen teams that when you kind of get down at that level, you know, there, there's teams that quit, there's teams that roll over and and uh, and give up, uh, for lack of a better term, but but this team didn't do that. They they went down, had some real tough luck down there, uh, again with just just some unfortunate things, but they drove the ball down, got another kick to make it a two-score game going into the half. Then they come out of this end of the second uh, end of halftime come out into the second half and had a moment that i was you know w- when it saw it happening live you know we're down at this point we're down 21 to 6 and we end up we have the ball first possession of the second half and a big play by keon fordham and i thought that uh, this play here that we're about to play was the one that was going to get us back into the game
1: kyrie jones tyson phelps in the backfield jones would be the fullback he'll take the play to the right. Fordham fakes
2: the pitch, stays on his feet. He's still going. He's down to the 25, the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Keon Fordham.
0: That's why he's in there right there. Exactly right.
2: Great call by Danny Carter. And, you know, so that was a big momentum shift. You know, that you could tell that the the, the uh, stadium was electric at that point and, and really kind of a feeling that we're going to get back in this game. Then the next drive happens. And the, you, you got to give the Rams credit. They, they sustained a drive. They, we had a big play where, unfortunately, we ran a blitz right into a screen that they ran. Uh, that ended up converting a big third down, and they just ended up taking enough of the, the juice out of the momentum that was happening at that point that uh, we just never really got um, back in a position. We never, never really got that momentum back at any point.
5: One of the things Riverview was able to do was really control the clock because they were pretty physical up front, their offensive line. And they've watched all our films this year, and they've seen teams have success running the ball right at us, and we know that, and we've got to be prepared to stop that. But that limited our possessions in the second half, and when your possessions are limited, it puts a little more pressure on you every single time because you know we're not going to get a whole lot more possessions, so we better do something with it while we're down there. And Keon, a lot of people look at him as just a speed receiver, Keon is extremely strong in the weight room. Oh, yeah. And he'll run through a lot of tackles like that. That was a great individual effort on he's his part. He's a great part.
3: blocker. I've noticed this year he's blocked very well. His
5: block in the end year. zone was one of the best.
3: It was a block.
5: Blocks I've ever seen. He, he, he put the guy on the ground. He,
3: he over-muscled the guy, and yeah. they thought it had to be something wrong, and, and it wasn't. I, I, I've watched him on the sidelines all year before I went up in the box, and when when he sees, especially when Jones comes around, her, it's fun to watch just that that he gets excited to block somebody. And you think of a superstar like that might not be that way, but I've seen that this year in him, and it makes you kind of proud to see a young man grow up that way and do it.
5: But, Gene, championship-level football teams find a way to overcome all that stuff. All right, yep. You know, it's going to happen. If you go on the road, you're going to get bad calls on the road. Yep. you got to find a way to overcome that.
3: Coach, you said we talk about the, some of the youth that we have, and you know, it's the first time they've been in a big game, probably the biggest crowd they've been in front of going through that and I kind of go back over the years doing this for a long time you've been there almost all of it you look at in the 80s when it started you know we were in the deep in the playoffs or we in the state championship number times in 10 years so the kids that were there young got to experience it before they really had to deal with it Then we had some down times in the 90s and got back into the early 2000s where it started to win a little bit more, Then it kind of fell off a little bit. And then in 09, we went back to the state championship for the first time. We played a big game before that, the week before, and I think in 09 the team was happy to be there because those kids had never experienced that. Then went back in 11 and won it pretty easily because most of those kids that were now – True contributors were around it, so that does play a factor. You've got to be in the big games to always have that moment, and when till you get that moment, you don't know how you're going to react.
5: Gene, it's hard to it's hard to say this, but when you look back at our history, but on our ball club now, our seniors, the most playoff experience they have is one game right? last year at Osceola.
3: And most times by your senior, you've been around it 10, 12 games. Oh, yeah. Yep.
5: But, you know, you mentioned 2009, Gene. There was an interesting parallel there, I think, to what happened to us this week. If you remember in 2009, we played Tampa Plan in the kickoff classic and thrashed them pretty good. Them. Yep. And then after beating Aquinas, we could never really get our kids' attention right. yep. after that. And that was probably the worst you know, thing we could have ever done and only beat lost, them early.
3: It only lost 21-14. to 14. So Right. It wasn't like it was a blowout, but we just couldn't get that. That was that game you had where you needed things to click, and they didn't click for us. And when you really look at it, we talked about it on the radio quite a bit and that, and on the trip over, okay, are we going to take this team serious? after that huge victory against the number one team in the nation. And like you said, you look back on it and you tried to do it, but sometimes it's just it's the way it is. You can't change it. And I think
5: it. a little bit of that happened this week. I think one of the worst things that happened to us was Newsom pulling the upset up there. You know, I think our kids, I mean, they're, they're kids, but they look at film, and, and, you know, you can't convince them this is not the same team that you're going to see this Friday night.
3: And you see that in college also lately in some of the, and I mean, a big SEC fan, big Gator fan, as we, most of us are, you look at LSU the way they've played and, you know, I mean, they're, they're adult kids, but they're still kids. And one week they don't play as well the next week they're barn burners. And that happens a lot to some teams and it's just, you know, sometimes it is what it is and you can't ever figure out why.
2: Sure. Sure. And even with all that being said, uh, you know, a, a, a touchdown pass by Squattery that was called back for a, a, well, it was just a holding penalty that a lot of us were had a hard time seeing. Then you have a, a moment in, in the second half where a uh, pass was broken up, could have been intercepted and ran back for a touchdown. It was it was right there. Uh, so, And then at the end of the game, drive down, uh, unable to get in. Um, I think Keon was short by maybe a foot, you know, there by the goal line. So, like you said earlier, you know, six or seven plays a game, And those are three of them right there that they go the other way, and it's probably a completely different complexion, maybe a different result. Well, we are here at GT Bray Park for the Manatee Wildcats uh, annual pep rally. It's a wonderful uh, atmosphere around here. If you're in the area, please come on down. It's off 51st Avenue. Uh, We're here doing Hurricane Hotline, recapping the uh, disappointing loss to the Riverview Rams, but uh, also looking forward to what's coming up. Uh, We're going to step away here for just a moment. You are listening to Manatee Hurricane Football presented by Conley Buick GMC.
4: Are you looking to get a great price on a new Buick, GMC, or Subaru? Conley and Bradenton. Need a reliable used car you can afford? Conley and Bradenton. What about great financing, expert service, and a reputation that is second to none? Yep, you guessed it. Conley and Bradenton. Hi, I'm Alan Conley. And I'm Chris Conley. From the time our grandfather started our dealership over a half century ago, we have been proud to be part of this community. So for your family's next vehicle, come see our family. Conley Buick GMC and Conley Subaru. 800 Cortez Road West and Bradenton. Conley Buick GMC, where we treat you like family. Premier Community Bank is a proud sponsor of Manatee Hurricane football. Isn't it time for a better banking system? Premier Community Bank is a true hometown bank, and that's hard to find these days. Premier Community Bank has a dedicated staff with a long history of service in our community. Whether it's personal or business, Premier Community Bank will take care of all your banking needs. With locations in West Bradenton, East Bradenton, and Parrish, there's a branch near you. Online at pcb-florida.bank.
2: As a five-time pick by Super Lawyers Magazine as a top Florida attorney and as a longtime supporter of Hurricane football, Edwin Eddie Mulock brings more than 40 years' experience to the courtroom. Personal injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, and criminal law, Eddie uses an innate passion for helping people and an extensive knowledge of the law to champion justice. Offices in downtown Bradenton, 1701 Manatee Avenue West. Call 748-2104, 748-2104,
0: or mulocklaw.com. Technology Truths, brought to you by Geico. Technology Truth. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth, <coughs> Truth. it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com.
4: Doug is super cool, ampersand underscore
0: exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. AM 930. Stress saver. Traffic report.
1: Good evening. 75 northbound. Some minor delays between State Road 70 and State Road 64. The DeSoto Bridge. Still has some northbound delays across. Green Bridge and the Sunshine Skyway. Both looking good. No problems on State Road 64 or Cortez. State Road 70 eastbound. Slow approaching Lockwood Ridge. University Parkway, Fruitville, B Ridge, and Clark Roads. All in good shape. No problems on Boniva, Tuttle, McIntosh, Proctor, or Swift. And still seeing a slow ride. Tamiami Trail southbound between. Beniva and the Central Sarasota Parkway. Taking a look in Venice, Tamiami Trail, Venice Avenue, Jack Randa Boulevard, and the bypass, all trouble-free. Dave Kosh, FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline.
0: Live from Joey D's at 6401 Manatee Avenue West in Bradenton. Call in now with your questions for the coach at 877-969-8600. Here's Danny Carter. Well, so a
2: couple of things about that. Uh, we are not at Joey D's, although it's a great place to go. So go there if you need some eats. It's a wonderful place to be at. We normally are there for Hurricane Hotline, but also I am not Danny Carter. Danny Carter is enjoying some. My name is Joe Weaver, and I'm here with uh, with with the team. We are. Uh, and by the way, I, I want to dispel the rumor that I may have had some role in, in putting out there that Danny is not here because of the loss on Friday night. But actually, that's not true. He had this plan to go a long time ago, and so uh, I'm here in his stead. We serve Certainly uh, hope that he's having a great time. Um, I had, along with me to start the broadcast, we had Chad right. Choate and Gene Brown. But now with me, I've got um, Coach Dennis Stollard, the special teams coach, but also now joining me is the president of the Boosters Club, Bowen Summer. Um, tough loss Friday, um, but there's a lot of good with this team right now.
6: Yeah, there, there is. You know, um, you know, it, it, it was a tough loss. Uh, you know, you, you want to have that opportunity to, to play that, that, that first uh, playoff game at home. You want to be the district champs, and uh, and it didn't happen for us Friday night. Um, and 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 me being the, you know, you know wanting to see that, you know, the path that, that we can still get in the playoffs and have an opportunity to, to do something there. And, and and fortunately, we still control our own destiny. You know, there's a, a majority of the teams in the state of Florida uh, don't have that option going for it. It doesn't really matter what happens these next two weeks and what they do on the field. Uh, they're out. You know, they're not gonna have the opportunity to make the playoffs and. And thankfully, uh, we're there. You know, we have the opportunity to, uh, to to win these last two games and secure our spot in the playoffs. And uh, and once you get in, you know, you never know what happens. I uh, had a good conversation with some of the kids uh, yesterday. I said, "Hey, listen, you know, I, we watched a, a six and four Opopka team uh, in 2014 get into the playoffs and run the table, and roll everybody, yeah, yeah." And you know, it's it's, it's getting things right at the right time. Uh, we thought the right time was on Friday. We wanted it to be. It wasn't. Let's see how we respond. And we'll have an opportunity to see how we respond uh, just coming
2: up in a couple of days as we play the other Riverview. How many teams have two teams with the same name in their district? Uh, and, and we have that. we got Riverview, Sarasota and Riverview, uh, Tampa, but it's actually like the Gibsonton uh, area. By the way, the uh, great noise that you're hearing behind us is where we're actually coming to you from GT Bray Park. Uh, over here in Bradenton off, off, off of 51st at the Manatee Wildcats uh, field where they are having their annual pep rally. It's a great atmosphere, fun time being had by all of you. If you're in the area, come on, stop by. It's um, just, just a fun atmosphere uh, all around. Coach Stollard, um, as we look forward to Riverview Tampa, Riverview Gibson 10, however uh, you, you moniker that, it's a – you know, it, it's obviously we it's it's not the same district title type of uh, circumstance that we were in, but still, this is a pretty important game. And as Bowen just pointed out, there's still a lot to play for this year. This year,
5: well, Bowen hit it right, hit the nail on the head. We do control our own destiny in this situation. And you know, for our young kids, I think this is important. What are you going to do? Are you going to get up off the mat and you're going to come back and fight? And you have a lot to to really fight for. Get on the road. Get on a bus, travel somewhere, go play at a field that you've never played at before. See how you handle that. It's almost like a playoff game. It's almost as though this is a playoff game because we have to win this ball game.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, I guess at this point, really, you could look at every game as a playoff game. Yes. until Until you lose, like it is in any playoff scenario. Uh, teams 5-3 and three right now overall, 4-1 and one in the district. Um, so, as Bone points out, it's it's definitely doable, it, you know, control our own uh, circumstance. And that's really all that you can do. You can't look at uh, what any other team is doing. You can't you can't play any other team's games. You can only play the games that you're in. And we've got a, a game coming up here this week that, you know, none of them are easy. Um, but this one is one that can be
5: had. Tampa Riverview has got some skill athletes. You know, they got some guys that can run. They, got, they are going to throw the ball deep a lot. So it's going to test our secondary this next week. Now, I haven't looked at a whole lot of game film other than special teams because that's my area. But I have noticed they've got a, a big, tall quarterback that can throw the ball a long way. And so we're going to have to put pressure on the quarterback, and we're going to we have to be sound in coverage because they're the type of team that can piddle around for three or four minutes and all of a sudden just beat you on one big, long play.
3: We had
2: a... Uh... A fairly uh, substantial injury. Quentin Rome went down uh, on uh, Friday night. What's the uh, status for him going into this game, uh, to your knowledge, right now? Uh, I really haven't.
5: Not trying to avoid the question, but I really have not seen Quentin this week. I don't know what the situation is with him. Okay. If I knew, I'd tell you, but sure. I don't know.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's always uh, murky whenever you're working through injuries, and you know, it gets, it's in uh, flux throughout the week. It's bad at some days and better on other days.
5: Um, you know, Every team will endure a couple of bad injuries during the season, and certainly the ones that we've gone through this year. You, you can't go back and say, what if, what if, but losing Brandon Dossie and losing Napoleon Harris, you know, those were huge, huge injuries for us. Hopefully Joseph Louie will be back. And uh, I think Iron now is starting, Iron Jackson is starting to get back to his old self again.
2: And again, you know, young team and a talented team. I mean, so much talent on this squad. You know, you can overcome a lot of things, but overcoming being young, overcoming having things, you know, kind of not go your way, bad bounces and injuries uh, and going up against a team that was very focused, I mean, they – it really did seem like the loss to Newsom really knocked them into focus, uh, probably more so than would have been the case otherwise.
6: Yeah, you know, I, I think <laughs> it probably didn't help us um, that that, that um, you know Riverview went up and, and lost to Newsom because they, they were really fighting for their lives. Yeah, and we were, and we were expected to win. We expected to win as 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 fans, as as. Uh, and probably as players as well, um, you know. And, and you talk about having a young team. This is the first opportunity they've had to really play for a district championship in, in that in that setting. Um, would have loved to see them respond differently, but you can't undervalue the experience that they've had to do that. You know, we've got a team that is you know playing um, you know a substantial amount of uh, freshmen and sophomores. Um, and so that they're getting that opportunity, and and I think the seniors need to need to grasp that this is their last opportunity to do what they're going to do, you know, for you know for Manatee and. And also to to lead those young guys and to leave their legacy and something they can watch for the next couple of years be something very very special, and I think that's what we as uh, as supporters and as fans are looking forward to seeing.
2: And if that happens, if that materializes, I think a lot of us are of that same mind. That these are, it's a young team, but it's a team that's very talented. When they do get to the uh, the, the upper class portion of their of their careers. Boy, the, the future looks really bright. Uh, and, and look, I, I, not to displace the, the present, because there's still plenty of season left uh, here. There's, there's still a lot that could happen this year. There's still a lot of opportunities for these young guys to make their own mark on the 2018 campaign but it's really difficult to not look ahead and see some some pretty serious green pastures ahead because a lot of these guys are going to be around in 2 3 years and they already look really good right now. I mean not just starting, but we've got what 10 12 guys that are are you know second string that are ready to come up on the, on the varsity squad right now.
5: When you when you have a mindset of winning that you carry with you into a varsity program that's starkly different from kids who've never won a freshman game or never won the JV game. We've, we've been so spoiled, and Bowen can think back. We had year after year after year where our freshmen and JVs never lost a game. So when those kids came to the varsity level, that was just the expected. And now this year we started to win some games at the freshman and JV level, but we have juniors and seniors who really achieved no success down there at the lower levels. So we're sort of trying to teach them how to win at the varsity level when they didn't even have that experience at the lower levels. And
2: sometimes with that, if that happens, and you can see this with really any team at any level, if if things start going wrong, um, you can kind of tell the difference sometimes between a team that is experienced in coming back from those odds and, and being able to kind of fight through the adversity, and then sometimes you see a team that... Yeah, it's like, okay, well here we go here we go again, here's another circumstance where it's not gonna go our way and sometimes that permeates.
5: I think what you gotta fight is that is that thought process that when things start going south, oh my gosh, how how are we gonna lose this? Yeah. And instead the championship mindset when you're down like that is okay, how are we gonna win this thing?
2: What do we gotta do to make the plays in order to get right. over the hump?
5: Right. Raffle, uh,
2: well the I raffle, mean look, it's uh it's the thing about any game, it's only one game. You uh, you can only lose uh, one game at a time. And, and again, this one was not one. You know, a couple three plays go the other way. It's a much closer game. Uh, and really, it wasn't a uh, it, it wasn't a an overpowering performance. Even though it was a twenty one uh, to a three advantage at one point in twenty six twenty one to six halftime lead, but held them to three points in the second half. Came back and scored, and uh, you know got back in the game. So w- while unable to, to ultimately pull off the victory, you know, being able to fight back, being able to overcome adversity to in that sort junior. of circumstance, enough to be able to kind of maybe gauge in the future for, okay, the next time this comes around, what are we going to have to do? Uh, I think that experience, while it may not be the most pleasant, can certainly be valuable.
6: Yeah, and, and you know, last year, uh, you know, there were some games that got away from us last year. I mean, just got away, you know, and, uh, and we're not seeing that this year. We, we competed with a, a Lakeland team that's 8-0. You know, and they're not going to lose this year—at least not in the regular season. You know, we competed. You know, had ample opportunities to to you know to overtake Braden River, uh, beat a Palmetto team that's doing very well. You know, you know, so the, the progress is there, and, and the comments that I get from a lot of people that are are actually do follow the team, watch every game. You know, are very are very happy with the progress that has been made. And, uh, you know, you talk about the future. The future could be this Friday. That's right. We could see it. I mean, we could literally see this team, you know, this team materialize on Friday, grasp the identity of how good they can be, carry that over to Venice, you know, win that, go into the playoffs with uh, 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 an amount of momentum you know where we could do some things in the playoffs and I guarantee you we win the next two games there's not going to be many teams in the state of Florida that's going to want to open the first round playing Manatee you know as a as a you know 7 or 8 seed
2: and how how valuable is that kind of experience if it were to materialize that way for some of these young guys going into next year. Exactly what you just got done talking about Coach Stoller, the ability to kind of have that winning attitude and from first-hand experience being overcome adversity like that.
5: Well, and you hate to you hate to be looking ahead and saying, well, next year this, next year that, but what we're going to have next year is we're going to have a group of seasoned kids who are many of whom are just going to be juniors, but they'll be going into their third year of varsity football, having hopefully experienced a number of playoff games, and it's it's a process. Sure, you know, Coach Saban talks about that all the time. It's the process. It's the process, and Coach Shakir has got a consistent process, and we just got to stick to the plan, and we're seeing progress come through it. There is there's just no way to add a year of physical maturity other than let a person grow for one year there you go you can't say hurry up and physically mature you just have to wait on it Mm -hmm. and
2: at the same point there's no substitute for experience than experience there's no way to get experience until you actually go through those uh trials and travails yourself and so when those, you know, like you said, you can't look ahead uh, to next year, but even to next week, even to this Friday, the experiences, you hope that the experiences coming from, you know, a tough loss, an emotional game, uh, and not just an emotional game, an emotional week, everything that went into that game, all the preparation, all of the high hopes, uh, and then to have it kind of, you know, experience that disappointment, all of that, kind of, you put that into the overall experience ledger, and that is, while we didn't get the result that we wanted on Friday, it's still valuable for these kids, they go into the game on Friday night and moving forward for however long the rest of the season goes.
5: You know, when you're a young team, you get distracted very easily by a lot of things. Uh, Homecoming, hard on a lot of kids. Senior night, hard on a lot of the older kids, believe it or not, because, wow, is this really the last game I'm going to play at Manatee High School my parents are here and that type of thing? But. We are, we're seeing the progress in our younger kids. We've got some mature younger kids to the point that some of our more mature, uh, leaders on our football team are our younger kids. And of course that bodes well for the future that those guys are going to come back. And what you want, the ideal situation that you want is you want your juniors and seniors to emulate what you're trying to teach them and then they teach the younger kids that come into your program and then you've got
2: that kind of consistent um it's the mindset of the team you know everybody's kind of doing the same job nobody has guessing about it and like you say the the guy, the players that are there are almost the coaches on the field because they've gone through it themselves
5: we want our older kids to be able to to model the characteristics that we're trying to build into our program and we're getting there, but it just takes time.
2: Yep, yep, there's there's no substitute for it. Well, if you are hearing the uh, festivities in the background, we are coming to you. We normally are coming to you from Joey D's. And, again, it's a wonderful place to uh, to go have dinner, lunch. It's, it's a fantastic venue. We love being there, and we normally are there on Wednesday nights. But tonight we are coming to you from G.T. Bray Park for at the Manatee Wildcats Uh, football field where they are having their annual manatee wildcats pep rally and so very festive atmosphere got a lot going on we got the gene brown back and we're going to talk with him and with coach stollard when we return we're going to step aside we come back we're going to kind of preview what's coming up and uh, talk about what's happening for the rest of the year and some possible um you know scenarios that could play out that could uh, lead to uh, well, well, we'll get into all that when we return. You're listening to the Hurricane Hotline Show. This is Manatee Hurricane football presented by Conley Buick GMC.
0: Former Hurricane Chuck Howard knows what it takes to be on a championship team. Howard Leasing is proud to sponsor the Hurricanes and is ready to champion solutions for your employees' leasing needs. Everything from big business to small business, Howard Leasing covers it all. From payroll processing and workers' comp to human resources and employee benefits, get on the winning team with Chuck Howard and all the pros at Howard Leasing. Details available online at howardleasing.com. Again, that's howardleasing.com. Coastal Orthopedics proudly supports Manatee High School and Hurricanes football. Dr. Dan Lamar, a former Hurricane, is the team's medical director. Dr. Lamar and the staff of experts at Coastal Orthopedics are recognized leaders in sports medicine and wellness technology. With offices in West Bradenton, East Bradenton, and Lakewood Ranch, they're always close by. Details online at CoastalOrthopedics.com. CoastalOrthopedics.com. Coastal Orthopedics, keeping you in the game. Hurricane fans, if you're in the market for a new or pre owned vehicle, Ferkins Automotive Group is your low price leader. Ferkins Automotive Group has a great selection of new cars featuring Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Mitsubishi. And don't forget that Ferkins has the very best deals on pre owned vehicles. Ferkins has been family owned and operated for over 60 years. Visit Ferkins Automotive Group on 1st Street in Bradenton or go online to Ferkins.com. That's Ferkins.com. Ferkins Automotive Group says go, Canes. check it out. Me check it out? You're the one all about gender equality. You go and take this plastic coat hanger for protection.
3: Are you kidding me? Gender equality? I knew my mother was right about you. Why, I'm
6: gonna...
0: Ah, it's Mr. Boots. Don't be this couple. Ditch the hanger and head to the bullet hole in Sarasota for the right gear and guidance when it comes to personal protection. The bullet hole, corner of Orange and Dolphin in downtown Sarasota. Fake news hotline. Just moved from Chicago. AC guy comes to the condo, says he'll tune up the AC system Twenty nine ninety nine. Sounds too good to be true. That's because it's fake news. You, my friend, are about to be upsold big time. And that twenty nine ninety nine service call could cost you thousands. Before you make an expensive mistake, Google Total Air Solutions or check out TotalAirFL.com for details and the truth about your AC system. TotalAirFL.com. That's TotalAirFL.com.
5: Carrier. Turn to the experts.
0: License number CAC 057284.
5: Paisano's
3: Italian Bakery is your destination for delicious, decadent desserts. How about an eclair, a pastry filled with sweet, creamy custard and mountains of rich, melt-in-your-mouth chocolate icing on the top? Or try a Napoleon, layers of puff pastry and creamy custard topped with the perfect amount of icing. And, of course, don't forget the favorites, tiramisu and cannoli to die for. Paisano's Gateway Shopping Center on Stickney Point, Sarasota. Paisanos, yum.
5: It's Lois Falconetti of Dominic's Blinds and Decor. Did you know that Dominic's Blinds is a Hunter Douglas certified fabric care specialist? If you call Hunter Douglas, they recommend us. That means that we come to your home and do in-home cleanings of your draperies, blinds, and shades. At Dominic's, we always provide no-obligation, complimentary in-home consultations. Dominic's Blinds and Decor, Clark and McIntosh. Dominic's, proudly American-made.
0: AM 930, Stress Saver, Traffic Report.
1: Good evening, 75, moving well through Sarasota and Manatee Counties. No problems on the bridges, DeSoto Bridge, Green Bridge, and the Sunshine Skyway, all accident and delay-free. State Road 64, a little bit of a slow ride westbound as you approach 43rd Street West. Other than that, moving well. Things are looking good on Cortez. No issues on State Road 70, University Parkway, Fruitville, Bee Ridge, Clark Roads, all in good shape. No problems on Tuttle, Beneva, McIntosh, Proctor, or Swift. And taking a look at Tamiami Trail southbound. Still some delays between Beneva and Central Sarasota Parkway in Venice. No problems on any of those roadways. Dave Koch, FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, the answer. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline. Live from Joey Dees at 6401 Manatee
0: Avenue West in Bradenton. Call in now with your questions for the coach at 877-969-8600. Here's Danny Carter.
2: Well, filling in for Danny Carter, my name is Joe Weaver, and you know I want to once and for all dispel this rumor that I may have had a hand in, in continuing to point out that Danny is missing this broadcast because of the results of the game last Friday. That's not true. That's not even a little bit true. Danny had this time uh, scheduled in advance, and so he is uh, not here with us tonight. But it, with me here tonight is Gene Brown and also uh, special teams coach Dennis Stollard. And we're, uh, we, we've spent most of the time so far here for uh, Hurricane Hotline. By the way, coming to you from, not from Joey D's, we're com- but again, Joey D's bread. is a fantastic place for lunch, dinner. So. Go there, eat. It's, it's a wonderful place to go. We're here at GT Bray Park, which is actually a wonderful place right now for the Manatee uh, Wildcats. Uh, yearly pep rally that they do here, so very festive atmosphere, a uh, lot of people here and a lot of activity going on, lots of young folks, and uh, and it really uh, people of all ages here kind of enjoying, uh, celebrating football and just uh, really just a wonderful day and a good year, uh, and we've spent, again, a lot of the last hour here talking about the results of the game on Friday night. And we're going to talk to before the end of the game is over, or before the end of the broadcast is over. Here, the you know kind of the 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 scenarios that we have moving forward. But before we get into that, uh, talking before the break here or during the break with the coach about um, kind of the 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 uniquely good kicking situation. You know, we played that that uh, the highlight earlier of Axel Lafro, the junior kicker. Hitting a a, 50, a forty-eight yarder, and that thing would have been good from about you know almost sixty. I mean, it was it wasn't close. It was it was right down the middle, and it was uh, it was a college level you know type kick. And so we wanted to do here, kind of in um, you know an appreciation for for that because it's a rare thing to have that level, not just in the kicking game, but also a really quality punning game from Nick Bigelow, uh, both on Friday night and throughout the course of the season. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time here, Coach, talking about how. Uh, these kickers, LaFro particularly, compared to some of the other really great Manatee kickers that we've had here over the last couple of years?
5: Well, you know, I've had people ask me that question, and, you know, where does where does Axel rank compared to some of the guys we've had? And I said, I'll be able to tell you, you know, after his senior season. But just in looking back at statistics, it's interesting to go back. Uh, in 2011 championship year, Nick... Uh, Tankersley actually kicked 18 field goals that year. He was 18 for 26. That's a lot of field goals, but he only had one field goal of over 40 yards. That was a 53-yarder. That is the school record at Manatee. In 2012, we only attempted eight field goals, made five, none of which were 40 yards or greater. 2013, field goal uh, attempts, we made... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at PATs instead of field goals. We only attempted seven field goals, and we made four, none of which were over 40 yards. And then last year, Nick Knoll made seven field goals out of nine for us, which is a great percentage, and he had two of them over 40 yards. Axel is, this year, six for nine. And he has five field goals already, of 40 yards or longer.
2: And not only that, if, if, if I'm uh, not mistaken, is, isn't he all, uh, all but one of his kickoffs gone for touchbacks so far this season? No. Uh,
5: I wish it was that good. It's pretty good, though. He's actually missed one PAT.
2: Okay, after that's what it is.
5: One PAT. But he is currently right now 36 of 48 for touchbacks, which is 75%. That's a fantastic average. And right now, with now, – no offense out there, because I, I don't know what Robbie was when Robbie was here. I don't have any statistics on that. But 75% is the best kickoff percentage we've had uh, since I've been here of all the guys that have kicked for us. Robbie might have had more than 75 I don't know. I can't speak for that. But when you're kicking the ball in the end zone 75% of the time, I want our, our listeners to know statistically the odds of a team scoring are one out of 33 in high school, it's very difficult to maintain a drive for 80 yards without incurring some type of loss, a turnover, a penalty of some type. Odds are one out of 33. And then your odds increase incrementally as you move down the field. So if you kick the ball off like Braden River was doing to us, we were getting the field position at midfield. You know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to bode well for them down the road given teams of football at midfield because now your odds are about one out of five sure that you're going to give up points but kicking the ball in the end zone is absolutely huge for us now nick bigelow Punter. really our punter we went to a rugby scheme
2: yeah you talked about this during the break and and, and i i was kind of surprised to hear this so talk about the, the dynamics of a, of a rugby style kicker as opposed to well we've always been
5: a pro style punt team like you would see on sunday afternoon in the nfl you have two gunners spread wide and then you have a couple of wings and you form a protective cup around the punter but that requires a great deal of time and coordination in your block scheme it requires a kicker who can hang the ball in the air close to four seconds, and probably give you at least 35 yards from scrimmage. We just didn't have that guy the last couple; these last two years. So we went to a rugby scheme, watching what a lot of teams are doing uh, out west, Utah, Utah State. They've got a couple of great, great rugby punters, and it's it doesn't take as long to teach. And you can plug in a substitute very quickly because the, the blocking assignment is really easy to teach compared to the two or three different ways you have to block when you have a, a spread punt scheme. And Nick actually was not our punter at the beginning of the season. If you remember, Keon was doing the kicking for us. Nick actually tore a quadricep over the summer. Wow. And the only way to heal a torn quadricep is to just not do anything. It's excruciating when it happens, not necessarily pain-wise, but just you can't do anything. You want to get in the weight room. You want to kick. You want to get better, and I know it drove Nick crazy for a while, but he finally now has been able to take over the punt duties because he's completely healed up. He is averaging right at 35 yards net. And I I want to emphasize the word net because you can have a guy that can kick the ball 45 to 50 yards, but if you're giving up 20, 25 yards of return, it's the net that counts. Yeah,
2: how many times have you seen a guy outkick his coverage and then the the returner ends up getting you 15, 20 yards before he gets touched by somebody?
5: We've given up. Now, the other night... We gave up a return that got called back. But if you go back and look in the film, the guy that was in position to make the play got drilled right in the back. It was a good call by the (laughs) officials. Had he not drilled him right in the back, he would have made the play on that. So we've given up virtually zero return yards this year on punt returns. and That's another benefit of the rugby punt because you put pressure on that returner. The ball's rolling along the ground. And the coverage team is flying down the field at him and he's gotta make a decision there. Do I try to pick this thing up and get drilled or I just do I I just let it go,
2: and of course, if you don't field that thing cleanly right away, then you're talking about a muff situation, and now guys diving for the ball, and that can you know hurt your confidence. And I got to tell you, every time I see that rugby formation, and it doesn't matter at what level of football we're talking about, it, even though I know that it works, I still can never believe that it gets as far down the field as it gets because it just never—you never think that it's going to clear that first line of defenders. But I got it every time uh, Nick was doing it the uh, last Friday night, and really all throughout uh, the, uh, the season so far, it, he does. I mean, 35 yard net, like you say. That's a fantastic average for a punter, uh, particularly at the high school level. Well, we are uh, less than a minute out here. I want to uh, take a moment to thank, uh, really, I want to thank the um, the Manatee Wildcats for having us here at the GT Bray Park Manatee Wildcats pep rally that we do every year here. Gene uh, Brown, we got uh, about 30 seconds left. Uh, appreciate you being out here, and uh, real quick, what do you think as far as the uh, game this week? How do you think, uh, think it's going to fare for us going to Riverview?
3: Well, I think uh, we're going to go out there, and we're going to kind of get back to form and see, show what we can do and just get to, get to go to the off week happy and get a little rest and come back, finish the season strong and get into those playoffs and let it fall where it falls.
2: Well, I appreciate you being here. appreciate talking with you, Coach Stollard. For all of us here at GT Bray Park, and I'm going to Use the line from our good friend Dave Bristow. So long everyone.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency. Knew all the government's